So the saying, oh, I know that guy like the back of my hand, it's more like, oh, I know that like the front of my patient's genitals. I've seen more uncircumcised penises in my than I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, now that we know that the technical term isn't peni, it is time to start the show. <laughs> Welcome to Boozy Brunch. This is the one time a week. Stacey and I will get together, review the week of shows, maybe play some highlights of our favorite parts. We are on the arch Monday through Friday from 5 in the morning till 9. And uh, we'll get to let loose and maybe talk about some more stuff uh, that we can't talk about on the air because we're not governed by the AC, the FCC. For instance, we were not able to play the, the words uncircumcised penis right. earlier on the arch. But hell, this is a podcast. There's no laws on the Internet. Fuck it. I would like to know how many penises she saw in one day that is more than she's seen in her whole life. So... Right, and uh, well, how it compares to my numbers. Let's backtrack just I'm not a little a nurse. bit. <laughs> for, <laughs> for instance, uh, we, uh, so on this show today, we're going to cover what penis thing we're talking about. Also, we, what penis thing are we talking about today? Multiple Jonah? penis things, though, because we also this week we got to talk to the courtroom sketch artist who is in the courtroom for the Harvey Weinstein trial. I think those are dicks, not penis. <laughs> mm, but she also was a courtroom sketch artist for like El Chapo, John Gotti, Crazy. Jeffrey Epstein, the terrorists from 9-11. That's scary. Like, I remember one time I had to go to court because someone tried to pass a bad check through my line at the grocery store where I work. Like you went as a witness? Yeah. Ooh. I was so scared and he was so aggressive and he like shaved his head and tried to look really different and then he just, I saw him beforehand and he was so aggressive and scary and that was for a bad check. I can't imagine being in there with terrorists. Right? Or yeah, or being a witness in some of these trials that she was covering. Yes. So we get to hear from her and uh, and some more We'll just say and some more stuff that we're going to cover because I'm more interested in uh, your interest in, in dick count. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was a nurse. Penis percentage. Who was answering our question, which was, because of your job, what have you done thousands of times? John Oates says that he has been with thousands of women in the mm-hmm. 70s and 80s. His quote was something like, if you weren't a rock star, you have no you can't even imagine what it was like back then. Right. No, but we sure are curious. So uh, we are more boring. Like, I must have pressed this button on this console here in the studio a thousand times to play the next song. Mm-hmm. When I was a busboy, I would tear these paper tablecloths and stamp the logo on it. I had to do that hundreds of times each morning. I feel like I've said no to ideas thousands of times. <laughs> like, not that I want to shoot down everyone's ideas, but I remember one time when I worked at a radio station, one of the salespeople had the idea to send three couples to hotel rooms, have them have sex, and see who could get pregnant first. Wow. And it's like, well... Our insurance won't let us encourage unprotected sex between people in our radio contest. If someone comes up with a disease, we are then liable. Did not think about that angle. Now I'm thinking about a different angle. So, yes. So, uh, so many angles. When we asked the question, because of your job, what have you done thousands of times? This was uh, our nurse's response. I got his beat. Okay. I'm a CNA, and um, I've seen more behinds and um, genitals every day. <laughs> so kind of the same thing, only his was fun and yours is work. Right, exactly. Aww. And I'm sorry, what, what was your job? 
certified nursing assistant. I work in a nursing home. So you probably have seen more genitals than John Oates. Oh my God, yes. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> I get the same one over and over and over again six days a week. <laughs> So the saying, oh, I know that guy like the back of my hand, it's more like, oh, I know that like the front of my patient's genitals. I've seen more in my, than I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> more than any rock star. <laughs> I have to say I'm not in the medical profession for many reasons, but I don't know what ter- like scares me off more, like the kind of doing the, the phlebotomist stuff, like putting needles in arms or having to do the care stuff. Like looking after other people who can't do bodily function. Like for me, it's for sure the care stuff. Like I wouldn't like the other thing, mm-hmm. but uh, nope. I mean, you know me. I wear a murder suit to clean, so I don't get gross stuff on me, and it's my own house. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. The medical profession is interesting because it does. I feel it takes a certain kind of person, and it's like two things in my mind. One is you do have to care about people, right? In like a way, like you have to have this like sense of service that not a lot of people have because what you're doing is pretty awful a lot of the times, but you get through it. I imagine by knowing that it's being positive for somebody else and then just straight up the squeam factor. Also, this is, I feel really bad about this because I feel like in general, I'm a pretty nice person and I'm pretty patient and I try to be really understanding with people and not judge because you never know a person's circumstance or how they got to where they are. But I do know that as caring as I feel like I am, I'm also super easily annoyed. Hmm. And so when my grandpa was in his nursing home, like he couldn't take care of himself anymore, I would go visit him. And I remember feeling really bad because some of the people in pain were really annoying. (laughs) So like I'm visiting my grandpa and the lady in the next room is like this. Oh, and on or one like, hand, you're like, oh, poor lady. On the other hand, shut your mouth. Right? Where's and a pillow? This is literally the whole time I'm there. And so even though I feel bad for her and I can't imagine being in a situation where I'd be like, you're in a bad way if you're doing that for an hour. Yes. But also shut up. Like, <laughs> oh my God, I can't take it anymore. That exa- It was terrible. And I felt really bad. The exact thing happened to me twice when I was in the hospital. Was it two years ago when I, we got I got the MS diagnosis? They put me in like the neuro neurology is that the word wing? So a lot of people had a lot of stuff wrong with them. I was one of the absolute most lucky ones. So on one hand, I'm like, man, <clears throat> my like I have MS that sucks, but the the symptoms like the uh, the episode or whatever you call it were. It onset was very minor, just a bunch of pins and needles in an arm and a leg. They're just observing me to make sure nothing else is happening. So I'm trying to keep that mindset. But there was two people. One of them was a lady down the hall making those exact same noises all day. Yeah. And then the other one was the dude who was sharing my room. Because uh, if you don't have, I don't know if it's money or what, to get like a private room, you're you're bunking with somebody uh-huh. and you're just separated by a, a curtain sheet. So I'm literally close. Not noise canceling. <laughs> absolutely not noise canceling. And this man is closer to me than I am to you right now. That's close. Like we could both reach out and hold hands if we wanted to. And I luckily I heard his diagnosis first and he was going through something that was 
pretty tough mm-hmm. and like he he's gonna be okay but the treatments that he had to go through i could the doctor was standing next to me telling him we're just like oh my goodness so i had that first because then he would just spend the rest of his day watching alien conspiracy videos on youtube yes and like but this like narrated by people who are talking about it like it's not even a question like when the Philomenans came from uh, planet Zorin 95 uh, as we all already know they left much uh, evidence behind but what we just uncovered I'm like what Stop are you it! <laughs> and then I had to remind myself okay let's use perspective he's going through something way tougher right. than me but also I don't know how nurses put up with no, that. It, it, it's a special kind of person who does that. Yeah. And the- then there are some people who are doing it and you know it's not as bad as they're making it out to be and they're just like milking it. And those people... Oh, the patients? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen people when the nurse goes up to them, they're like, ah! Ow! And she's like, I didn't touch you. I will also say, though, that there are some people that probably shouldn't be nurses, specifically this one guy who checked on me in the middle of the night because I was in the neurology wing so they had to like literally do like uh pupil tests on your eyes like hourly to make sure you're not like i don't know what getting a stroke or something so you know every where are you what date is it how old are you who's the president what's four plus four like making sure your brain's working correctly and this one nurse he's like what are you doing in here like i i i gotta admit it goes no you're too young to be in here it's like i no, he's like you know you're fine. He's like no, I I, I have you're a, fine. I was like he I, I fuck. I wish I could remember the quotes, but it was literally like, what are you doing in here? You're too young to be in here. And I was like I have MS. He goes, oh, oh no, you're too young for MS. Like no, that it's it's confirmed. Like oh okay. <laughs> Plus this is the average age at which it presents. So <laughs> actually maybe learn that. <laughs> and he was wearing for a while. I had to ask someone else like, hey, do you know Ron or whatever his name was? Because he wasn't even wearing like he was wearing his second jobs windbreaker so you had to make sure he was an employee yeah. at the hospital <laughs> yeah like, a, like the, it wasn't but it was basically like the equivalent of a smoothie king windbreaker but over honestly, his scrub so i wake up at two in the morning a dude <laughs> with a fucking smoothie king windbreaker is shining a flashlight in my eye telling me i'm too young to be here and i'm fine why, why right. am i here oh my god i have a neurological autoimmune disease leave me alone but also could neurology could the neurology wing house people who maybe have brain damage or something and actually oh, think no. there's Ron someone else. Pupils. Ron's out again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Ron hit his head changing the Smoothie King machine and uh, ever since then he's been wandering the halls. Speaking kind of of judging others, let's get to this courtroom thing because this was pretty nuts to be able to talk to Jane Rosenthal. She's a courtroom sketch artist and she's been working for over 40 years so she, she said, she's out of New York, she said any major crime or trial you can think of that was held in New York over the past 40 years, odds are I've been there. When she ran down that list of yeah, starting... You've with, heard of every one of them. Yeah, so you I you know John Gotti, right? Yeah. It's not just like a New York thing. The like, crime boss, yeah, right? Yeah, the, mob, the mobster guy. Do yeah, I, and doesn't he have a daughter like... They He's had like famous a re- as well. They had a reality show. He was in Wait, prison, but they she... had a show called uh, like Growing Up Gotti or something on the E Channel yes. for a while. I feel like her husband was a rapper and like left her in the lurch or something when she was pregnant. Something, something mm. pretty messed up. 
I don't I don't know if that's true. It's just this random memory that's coming back to me. So she's an artist, but she spends a lot of time in, in the courtroom. And when we read that Harvey Weinstein was guilty of several of the charges of, of which he had, including with third degree rape and some other awful things. And you hear that the court, what what would the courtroom be like at that verdict was my was my thought. Like, What would it be like to be in there when this giant, powerful man is finally deflated and hears that he's guilty. Right. And one of the people that were there was Jane, and we got to talk to her on Tuesday, Wednesday, on a day this week. By the way, side note, we have not known what day it is all week. That is true. But today is Friday. Yay! And this happened not on Monday, so probably Tuesday. Or Wednesday. Because it wasn't yesterday. It was not. It's it wasn't not Thursday. Today. Okay. <laughs> what was it like in that room when that verdict was, was read? Well, I, I didn't turn around and see reactions. Somebody asked me were the reactions of people in the audience. I mean, I heard no tears or anything. I, I did not turn around. I was trying desperately to just focus on Harvey Weinstein and see him between the court officers. There was a wall of, of court officers lined up in front of him and blocked much, much of my view. I, had to, I kept standing up, and I kept being told by another court officer, you have to sit down. So, you know, there's a lot of problems, not an easy job, there's a lot of stress, I had to see what he looked like, no matter what, I popped up, whatever I did, had to do to see his expression when it happened. I was lucky, I was in as good a seat as I could get, which was the third row, they put, in the first two rows was all government uh, people in front of me, they, they had the first two rows, so the media didn't sit anywhere closer than the third row, and I had a corner seat in the third row where I could get a good angle of Harvey Weinstein's face. That's really interesting because I always imagined you being next to the court reporter. I never imagined that you were... I wish. <laughs> I wish. I want the, the best seat is. in the house. <laughs> I do usually get... Usually get the best seat. This trial, no. Depends on the judge and what's going on. But I, during pre-trial, I did get to sit in the jury box and have a really great view. Is it ever hard to do your job in the middle of such intense trials? I mean, if you're looking at John Gotti and, and Bill Cosby and now most recently Harvey Weinstein, I mean, the stuff that's going on in there is super intense stuff. I try to listen. I've had some moments in courtrooms where I've cried. Some cases really upset me, and I tried so hard to not have any tears because they will ruin my pastels. <laughs> Plus, I can't see through it. It's all blurry. <laughs> you are an artist concerned about the vision and the pastels. <laughs> my job is to draw whatever I see. If it's whatever happens in front of me, if somebody's laughing, I'll have to draw that. If they're slouched over and there's no reaction after draw that i try to, to do the best i can to show it as what's happening how long does a single sketch take because if you need to capture these emotions i'm assuming you you're probably going to be making more than one sketch per per day i am making more than one sketch per day but it all depends how many people are in a sketch i could there have been days in the Weinstein trial where a witness was up a very short time and I had to produce a quick sketch that was only one head on the page. I had one in the early morning of Weinstein just reading some papers and then the jury four person standing up reading the verdict and then the, that last moment with the handcuffs, I saw that and I thought, oh, now I have to do this. And I got kicked out of the courtroom, so I had to finish it in the hallway. Why'd you get kicked no, out? Clear the court, because they clear the courtroom. Everybody has to clear the courtroom. Get out now. 
Wow. And this is a trial. Every day that happened. Clear the courtroom, and I couldn't, you know, that I tried to finish everything before they got to that point. But when something happens at the last minute, it happened so quickly, and then they cleared, I had to like, carry my pastels into the hallway and finish up. Do you ever get used to being in the same room as people like John Gotti or people like Harvey Weinstein? These big, I mean, these stories have taken over the country or in many times the world, and, and then there you are, feet from this person, and, and you have a job to focus on. Does that ever get tough? It's always tough. It's a hard job. I love it, though. I love doing it. I find it very exciting. It gives me an adrenaline rush, but it's not an easy job in Anyway, not an easy. I lug a lot of art supplies around. I have to make sure I can see. I try my best to get the good angle, and that's what's most important. I have to also stay flexible and fluid and available in case for breaking news. Oh, right. Uh, At any time, you could be called out. That's right. I'm always scared to leave my neighborhood because (laughs) then I'll have to come back for my art supplies and go rushing to court. (laughs) You just just bring those pastels with you everywhere, huh? I do not. They weigh a ton. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get you a, ca- a personal caddy. Uh, exactly. And that's what I want when I win the lottery. <laughs> a personal caddy. Someone to come set me up and I just waltz in and do my sketches. That would be a dream life. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for okay. spending this time with us. It's, you always see the sketches on the news and in the paper and stuff like that. But uh, to be able to talk to the sources was really a treat. We appreciate your time. Okay. Have a wonderful right. day. Thank you so thank much. You. So earlier you said you were called as a witness in a trial, and that yeah. was scary. Uh, my sister, she works with uh, trauma victims and like child like assaults and all kinds of awful stuff. I don't know how she does that job. She also has to go, she has to be a witness and testify in those trials. And from a, what do you say, a pass a bad check to children predators, I can't imagine being on that stand on any spectrum. Like, No. It is so brave of everyone who comes forward to testify. Like, back to the Harvey Weinstein thing, when you say, why didn't people come forward? <sighs> Even just the idea of having to take a, the stand and explain in detail to strangers what awful personal thing happened to you. God, I can't imagine what strength it takes to have to like actually do that. And it's hard because I think that, I mean, I've even been guilty of it. You, it's hard to just take the side of the person telling you what happened to them. Like sometimes you can do it and other times like your mind, in your mind, the things don't add up. So you start questioning them and then you're like, who the fuck am I to even, you know, like you can't well, help sometimes it. Sometimes you're your the brain, juror, so that is your job. Though. Your brain just works automatically sometimes. Yeah. I had a friend who had a situation happen. And when she went to the police, they didn't believe her because they said her timeline didn't add up. And I I just can't imagine noticing the time during something like that. Like, yeah, wait, well, first you said that it was sunset, and now you said dusk, and everyone right. knows that sunset is different than dusk. So, what is it? Right. So it's these. It's so the whole thing is so awful, yeah. and I I know a lot of people don't go forward because it's horrible and embarrassing, and a lot of the time you're not believed or you're met with skepticism and that sort of thing. So even telling a police the police is tough going in truck in a trial where you have to face the person like i i don't know if i could do it or like yeah, if you witnessed a murder right and they're like all right you're the only person who can put this very dangerous person away right because you know the truth 
All you have to do is be in the same room as them and tell on them in front of them. Right. Make sure that they Fuck not that. only see your face, yeah. but there will be uh, sketches of it online publicly <laughs> and they can find out your name pretty easily and probably where you live. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, this is <laughs> All right. I'm not going to say this on something recorded. Okay. Well, hey, let's switch it up a little bit because you got to go to your second round of St. Louis Aquarium volunteer orientation yesterday. I did. And I heard nothing about it yet. Are you ready to go? Are you certified? Are you a volunteer? Can you start taking shifts? Well, I got my shirt. No shit, you got your shirt. I got my shirt. Which I almost means... asked you to pick up mine. I'm like, I don't want to put her in that position. I need to Why do my... Why not? I, I, I probably don't even earn it. I haven't earned it yet. I haven't gone to my final orientation. Oh, no, then you don't get it. You have to, you yeah, have to do right? your... Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, so I went and it was honestly really difficult to hear the lady who was training us. It was me and one other girl. And was that awkward, by the way? Just... Such a yes. small group of people, you, an, another volunteer, and the trainer. It was awkward because I couldn't hear her. First of all, there's music blaring the whole time. They do have a little bit of a, a, a volume issue with their speakers in the aquarium. So it's really loud. And I imagine that when it's busy, it's a good level. But when it's not oh, damn, that, that makes busy, so much sense. I didn't even think about that because when we did our tour, it was closed and we were like 10 people and we're like, wow, this music's loud. When a hundred people are all talking amongst themselves, the music's a perfect level. I take it back, St. Louis Aquarium. I'm sorry. That's my guess. I didn't mm-hmm. ask. Makes sense. Um, but the woman who gave the tour and the training is like, she's pretty soft spoken. She talks like this a lot of the time. I'm sorry. And, what? <laughs> and so between the blaring music and her talking while showing us, so a lot of the time she's turned away. From what she, <laughs> and, so I, w- the weirdest and most awkward and most self conscious I felt was that I'm staring at her face so Trying that I can pick up on a, a lip reading to yeah. help supplement her volume. So I was like this the whole time. Like, leaned forward with a serious look, trying to be casual, staring at her face, trying to figure out what she was saying. Dude, I was. In I a, feel like she thinks I'm weird. I was in a story the other day, uh, and I knew the guy working there. He's he seen me there before. We've had conversations. He asked me the same question. I had to say, what, five times? And Have, it was never more awkward. He was asking, like, oh, and what, what area do you live in again or something? I the tone was, he said, what's your name again? But it didn't sound like, what's your name again? And every single time I had to ask him, I was inching closer and closer until finally when I heard what he was saying, we might as well have been shoulder to shoulder. He had to come yeah. out from behind the register to ask me the question. I'm like, please, God, should I just laugh and Write say, it down. Oh, yeah, anyways. <laughs> have you ever had it? I remember one time I gave up. Yeah. I was like, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're saying. You like, gotta. And they stopped and I stopped because sometimes you can't just laugh and be like, oh, yeah, right. And they're like, uh, I just asked you to kill someone for me. <laughs> okay, good. So he, this is the address. Wait, what? Here's the money. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so I still need to do one more orientation. I'm actually doing something a little bit different than you. I'm going for the education ambassador orientation. So yeah. I'm going to be volunteering, hopefully, with like field trips when kids come and stuff, which I'm excited about. Don't be mad at me. I'm going to do that one, too. Oh, really? Yeah. You can do both. You you were ta- the way you're talking about it, it sounded like that was the last thing on planet Earth that you'd want to do. Well talk in front not, of strange groups and deal with loud children. I'm not sure, but I'd like to have the certification so that if I want to try it, I'm just ready to go and I can. You're I always forget. You you don't watch Brooklyn Nine Nine, do you? I don't. And it's a stupid reason because it's not free on Netflix. Like you have to pay last time I tried to watch it. Netflix? Oh, that, do you, you don't have Hulu? No. 
I think you can get Hulu for free. They will play ads as if it's a TV. Yeah, I, that's not worth it to me. <laughs> Watching TV like TV isn't worth it? Mm-mm. It's less commercials than TV. Whatever. Fine. I haven't seen it. TV since like 1985. Um, Amy Santiago is a character who's like nerd alert. Like, as in, okay, fine. Is but, she the curly, long brown hair girl? No, that's the opposite character. Okay. You, you have not watched the show. You know, like in Austin Powers, she, when Vanessa uh, Kensington takes out, you know, her suitcase alert. and everything is like labeled yellow sweater, red sweater. Yes. So Amy Santiago's like, no, you don't understand. This is going to be awesome. It's a volunteer orientation. Only the big shots are going to be there. I do know who you mean. So you sound like her right now. I, I want to take as many uh, orientations as possible. That way I'm I want just my prepared. horizons to be endless. <laughs> did you uh, did you spend any more time in the touch in the touch tanks yesterday? No, it was a it was open yesterday when we went. Mm-hmm. So there were people around the touch tanks. I have to say, I finally put on my big boy pants when Amanda and I went to the aquarium as visitors on Sunday. They had like a volunteer appreciation night, even though I haven't spent a single hour volunteering yet. Still got the invite. I uh, I, bra- I put my, my, my brave face on and stuck my fingers in the pedicure tank. That's what I'm calling it. It's a pedicure fish that like nibble on yeah. your, your, old, your old... The little skin uh, nibblers. Fingersies. And uh, wasn't as bad the second time around. Didn't get a medal. Let like me I was ask hoping. you Nora a question, though, okay. for real. Okay. I do know that you went out for drinks before the second time. Uh huh. Did you go out for drinks before the first time? The time elapsed from the last sip of my whiskey cocktail, which was <laughs> drink number two at the train shed, and putting my fingers in the touch tank may have been eight minutes. So, yes, the, I drank before. Both times? I had two drinks and then I went to the touch tank. Uh, which time? Because you've been to the touch tank twice. Once with me when it freaked you out. I didn't drink with you. That's what I was asking. Did you drink before that one? No. Okay. So. No. So you're saying like, oh, I put on my big boy pants, but really you just had two drinks. Well, I mean, if you want to look <laughs> at it that way, yes, yeah, some liquid courage allowed me to finger the fish. I'm, you I've, see, you know what's I've weird? said it, and I'm not taking it. Why back. are you so offended by my question? I'm just confused. I'm not offended. How? What? You were with me that day. Where? What? I don't remember what we did before we met there. We spent an hour in the orientation with our little notepads, doing word searches and learning. And then she was like, "All right, time to go to the touch." Did you drink to to before we got together? No. Okay, just you're so upset. Didn't I drive us there? Oh, you did. Sorry, I didn't remember yeah, I, I, your I'm schedule. I'm not offended. I'm just, I'm just uh, incredulous very confused. I'm incredulous, incredulous <laughs> to think that you thought I'd pound a few beers at four in the afternoon on Tuesday before you got to my house so I could drive us to a volunteer orientation. That's the okay. life of someone who has a problem. I'm sorry then. Now, someone going out with friends, as we did on Sunday, Amanda and I went with our friends Jackie and Andrew on a, on a weekend yeah, let's stop by the train shed before we go on this tour, and I'll, I'll have uh, one beer. Oh, that was not as big of a beer as I thought. I thought a pint glass would be coming in front of me. I guess I should order another cocktail after mm. this. Had to. I got the, uh, I think you had someone. We went to the soft opening of the train shed, and we got mm-hmm. those cocktails. The one with like honey uh, one? Benedictine or something else. We had to like yeah. Google what the fuck Benedictine was. Yeah, Still we- don't remember, but it was good. All I remember is that it reminded me of Bactine, the, the really stingiest stuff, antiseptic my mom used to put on scrapes. Yeah, I think about bacitracin, which is like the like cream, almost like a neosporin that you put on your scrapes. Mm. And Does I it get, sting? No, it doesn't. Bactine hurts. 
I don't know if I've ever had Bactine. Bactine sucks. Okay, then. When you're a kid and your mom squirts it on your scrape. So do you have any plans this weekend? You know what's weird is that um, I don't know what is with me, but like I have had zero motivation at all. Like I did the 10K on, I worked all day last Saturday. And you had like an 11 hour day on on Saturday. Yeah. And then I did the 10K the next day, which kicked my ass. Which must have felt like 11 hours. It felt like 10,000 K. It was so bad. Uh, But I I was glad that I did it. I enjoyed it and I had a good time. It was just, I'm more out of shape than I thought. And rather than that motivating me to do anything about it, it has made me like a sloth all week. And I just like have been sitting at home doing nothing. So I feel like this weekend I want to get out and like maybe walk around the park or do some stuff. It's supposed to be above 45, which is amazing and makes me want to go outside. Well, that's what I'm pulling up right now. So tomorrow, Saturday, sunny, high of 52. Oh, Sunday. Sun. Do you know? Sunday, high of 65. Yes. I, I'm so excited. I'm going to open my windows. Wow, that sounds very exciting. You don't even know. This cloudy weather and serious winter has made me realize that I am a... I used to joke, oh, I'm a weather princess. I'm from California. I'm serious. Oh, I never thought you were joking. I never thought it was a joke. It's serious. What the fuck do you mean you're joking? Well, I I guess I didn't realize it was (laughs) as... Every time the weather sucks. Spot on as this. Ah. Like, this winter is bad. The clouds roll back in. It was nice this morning. It was. See, this kind of cloudy stuff, when it's been sunny, and if it's warm, doesn't bother me. Like, there's lightning and thunder in the forecast for next week, and I'm excited about it. Like, I love that. Well, now that we're talking about the weather, that's a sign it's time to wrap up. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Have a great uh, weekend. Oh, wait, what are you doing? You're doing that climb. Tomorrow morning, yeah, we're doing uh, at the Compton Reservoir on Grand in the city. It's like an Empire State Building stair climb. You climb as many flights of stairs as it would take to get to the top of this Empire State Building. For some reason, it sounds easy. Like, oh, yeah, just walk upstairs for a long time. I think it's going to suck. Like, be super fucking hard. Stairs are hard. And it's at 7 in the morning on Saturday. Um, have you been to the top of the Empire State Building? Via elevator, yes. Can well, you I take th- stairs to the top? I mean, I, there must be an emergency stair system. Like, they, I think legally you have to have a stair system. I don't know if they would ask you to go up back to the liability with asking people to raw dog it on a radio right. contest. I don't think you want to ask people to go up 100 flights of stairs. But the observ- I, I guess, no, I haven't been to the top top because the observation deck's on like the 86th floor and I think it goes mm. to like 100 floors. I'm so sad that we didn't do the contest and call it the raw dog race. <laughs> You just came up with a great name. The Raw Dog Baby Race. <laughs> oh, God. Dump in your significant other and see how long you can mm. grow a seedling. That was horrible. That yeah. was horrifying. Yeah. I mean, a seedling just give it to a me little, is a tree. Just give it a little egg spurt. That is disgusting. That is something that Jonah said yesterday, not realizing how awful it sounds because it's supposed to be a play on the word expert. But... It sounds like E-G-G-S-P-U-R-T. Right. Which is how you get pregnant. Mm, Well, the eggs aren't the one. They're the recipients. Of the spurt. Yes. Yeah, so you give her a little egg spurt and she gets pregnant. (laughs) Please, no more. No more. Oh, it's so gross. All right, and sometimes you find the reasons why you don't talk about these things on the radios. Yeah. All right, have a great week and talk to you later.
I feel like I need a palate cleanser. Do we have some SpongeBob or something? Something. Do you have any jokes? <laughs> um, no. Me neither. Uh, you can look at the photo of my possum. <gasps> Poncho the possum is so, so cute. Yes, I was on, uh, we came home last night and I looked to my right while we were on our porch and eye level in a tree, six, not even six feet away from me, making direct eye contact was Poncho the porch possum. And he is our new friend who I thought was stuck in my tree. Turns out they can climb quite well. That photo is on our Facebook page. Are they nocturnal? Yes. Could he Could he have been just... Like sleeping? With his eyes open? I don't know. Do they sleep with their eyes open? I don't know. I don't think many things do that. I don't think so either. It seems dangerous. Like, what if a gnat flies into your eye? Yes, I believe the eyelids play an important role in sleep. Good point. Thanks. I'm not thinking of the other thing anymore. (laughs) That's good. All right. Have a spurty day. Oh, God. Oh, God.